Welcome one and all to this uh, marvelous Sunday afternoon on this holiday week here at the end of 2014. I welcome one and all, those of you who've connected in, who'd like to be able to hear some thoughts that I have crafted uh, about the foundations that are uh, needed to be able to be addressed to reverse the symptoms that are associated with the diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. I want to first discuss the the first foundation of recovery. I've got a question that was submitted, so I want to be sure to cover that. We'll then move to address the other three foundations, the core foundations. And then at the end of the program, I want to make sure and cover any questions you might have about our Jumpstart to Recovery program that I'm launching on January the 6th of 2015, a good way to start the new year. I've got uh, lots of detail about the programs and all sorts of additional materials that we'll be sending out to the participants. But first, let me address for all of you the issue that I see that's prevalent for individuals who currently experience the symptoms of Parkinson's. The first foundation that my research has revealed that needs to be addressed is the issue of removing toxins. When I say toxins, I'm referring not only to heavy metals and pesticides and the other egregious types of substances that we're exposed to that are not in our best and highest good in a physical sense, but also bacterial infections and viruses, so toxins in the largest sense. What I've observed is that most people who are told they have a diagnosis of Parkinson's disease, first of all, go into fear. There's a lot of of frightened behavior for good reason, because when you go on the Internet, there's all kind of gloom and doom discussion. It's degenerative, et cetera, et cetera, none of which is really true. So the reaction I think that most people have, and I would too, is, well, I need to do something about this right now. What can I put into my body? And there are some resources that are available of people who have something to offer. For example, medical doctors have some medications that they can prescribe for folks to see if that will provide some immediate relief of the symptoms. So that's really the primary motivation for, I'd say, about 90% of individuals. I've been actually researching this for 10 years, so I must say to all of you, especially those of you who don't know me, that I really do know a great deal about what causes the symptoms of Parkinson's disease and the kinds of therapies that are helpful in reversing it. What I also know is that when I look at the number of individuals that listen to my radio shows, and I've aired it now for five years, the shows that get the most interest are the shows that involve a suggestion of one thing something can do, some person can do, that will provide this wonderful, marvelous relief from their symptoms, almost like a miracle trick. So we get a lot of interest in those kinds of shows, and there are certainly some therapies that are uh, 
promising for lots of different reasons. But I've noticed that other shows where we're talking more about the foundations of recovery, they don't get quite the coverage. People are not quite as interested in that. So the interest is in doing something to the body or putting something into the body. In other words, doing something to ourselves. Well, I just want to say that I think there's a smarter approach. The smarter approach is to stop and to say, look, I really am going into fear. Now I'm afraid they may be right out there that this condition is degenerative. So uh, instead of going into fear and chasing out to find one therapy or another that I think might actually reverse my symptoms and help me become totally well, what I need to do is to realize that one of the best first things I can do is to say, wait a minute, there's probably some stuff, and by that I mean toxins in my body, that need to get out of there. And for whatever reason, my body is overloaded with the capacity to get rid of them. Many people believe that once toxins get in there, the body has the inability to get them out. But that's not true. The body can eliminate anything that is not conducive to creating a balance of health and wellness. The body has that ability. The difficulty is that there becomes a total overload of the systems. For example, the kidneys get overwhelmed. That's why people get kidney disease. The colon gets clogged with all sorts of infections and bacteria and viruses and heavy metals and you name it. The liver gets contaminated with all sorts of issues, and so the body is struggling to keep the vital organs healthy so that the person can sustain a life that's reasonably livable. In the most recent book that I actually released, it's called Seven Secrets to Healing, the first secret that I reveal in my book is one of the most important, and that is when these symptoms emerge, the first step that needs to be addressed is get the bad stuff out before you begin to pushing in other stuff in. So it's basically a challenge to realize that the body's overwhelmed. That's why the neurological symptoms are presenting themselves. And treating it with one kind of medicine or supplement or pill or you name it may provide some relief. Don't get me wrong. And it may be that that is something that you need to do, especially if the symptoms are so problematic you can't even function. So go for it. Treat that symptom. But the reality is in the long run, when you put anything else into your body, your body has to process that too, in addition to trying to address the issues of bacterial infections and toxins and heavy metals and all sorts of other issues. I think if you asked me 10 years ago, well, tell me a little bit about what kinds of infections you think are in your body, Robert. I would have said, well, maybe I've got one, but I kind of doubt it. I've been taking some antibiotics, and the doctor said that I got rid of all of it because I took the antibiotics long enough. Well, in subsequent follow-ups using various kind of wonderful assessments that are holistic, I've discovered that 10 years ago, although I was reasonably healthy in all respects, I had a ton, and I'm using the word T-O-N, a ton of toxins and bacterial infections and viruses in my body. I quite frankly couldn't believe the listing that I actually uh, saw 
from the bioenergetic assessment that I got from Dr. Ivy Faber. I was overwhelmed. In fact, the question that I asked her is, well, how in the world can I still be alive with all of this mess in my body? And, of course, the answer is the body's a miracle. The body really is able to handle all kinds of challenges. Today, I think the problem is even more serious because we're exposed to more and more toxic substances than ever before. Not only are we exposed to such toxins as genetically modified foods, which are all about Roundup, by the way, you know, the pesticide, but we're also exposed more so than ever to electromagnetic pollution. Most everybody has a cell phone, I do, but the fact is that when we're holding that cell phone, we're being exposed to a massive dose of electromagnetic pollution. Research shows, especially in Germany and in other countries in Europe, that people who are using cell phones are getting significantly higher incident rates of brain cancer. So I'm telling you right now, the exposure that we have now to toxins, and I am, again, describing this in a broad sense, toxins in the form of bacterial infections, viruses, heavy metals, pesticides, and electromagnetic pollution is really off the charts. So it's not actually a question of just getting the bad stuff out. We've got another issue as well. The companion issue for everyone, and especially for people who are experiencing neurological challenges, is we have to begin to scan around what we're doing in our life that might be exposing us to new toxins every day. And we don't even know about it. So in some cases, people, for example, are using soaps that they've used their whole life, and they've loved this soap, and they're endeared to this soap. But it may be that that soap has some kind of toxic substance that really is aggravating their entire neurological system. And again, I'm using the example of a soap. It could be a shampoo. It could be makeup. It could be hair dye on a person's high. It could be foods that are purchased. For example, a particular kind of a cereal might have a toxin in it that's creating the problem. So the reality is there are lots of different possibilities of exposures that a person is getting each and every day. I get calls from people regularly, and the question is, so I've been doing everything that I know I need to do in order to be able to reverse my symptoms, and I'm getting better. The symptoms are better, but as hard as I've worked for the last several years, I'm still sick. What's going on? Well, the kind of thought I always begin to immediately have is, oh, I bet you're being continuously exposed to something that's really whacking out your entire neurological system. Now, one of the factors that creates a problem for many individuals is eating certain kinds of food. And the real problem winds up being something that's really quite serious. People oftentimes have certain foods that are comfort foods because when we were kids, our mother would feed that to us, and it just created this blanket of comfort over us. And so we've always returned to eating that food as adults because it does the same thing. It provides this marvelous comfort uh, over our entire energetic system. We feel really wonderful when we eat it in the beginning. But it could be that that very same food is a food that we are allergic to, and so it's creating incredible, horrible damage to the whole digestive system in the body. Now, in my case, 
that particular food wound up being dairy. Dairy is the one food that I have to avoid. Now, I'm not saying that's the case for you. I'm saying that in my body, that happens to be the true danger. So if I ever eat ice cream, I'm going to feel absolutely horrible for days, and I mean horrible. So the first principle, the first foundation as I see it to recovery from anybody who experiences neurological symptoms is to step back and just say, okay, wait a minute. I think there are probably toxins in my body. There are toxins in everybody's body, but there are so many toxins, my body's not functioning at its maximum peak capacity. So let me see what I can do to address that issue. Now, one of the solutions I've used that I really do want everyone to know about is the use of a different kind of an approach to figure out what the nasty stuff is inside our bodies. It's called bioenergetic assessments. I've been doing these now for 10 years, so I've got a history of getting eight assessments. And I must say that I'm terribly impressed with the results that they actually generate. I've just finished writing a book called What is Wrong with Me? And the, the subtitle is Holistic Health at Its Best. These particular assessments use a sample of saliva. And what happens is that the practitioner, who has to be a very well-trained medical doctor, looks at the frequencies that are emitted by the saliva, and they can tell incredible things about the imbalances that are present in your body. It's really almost unbelievable to see the reports that have been generated for me personally over the last 10 years. So the book details the difference between getting these holistic assessments and the approach that's typically taken by a medical doctor or a medical professional. In the approach that's used by medical doctors, here's what happens. We go in to the doctor, uh, and the doctor says, what's up, what's troubling you, what are your symptoms? And so then we discuss in some detail the symptoms. The doctor may ask us to walk or move in some way. They may do some other kinds of physical examinations. And then the doctor formulates a hunch about a possible diagnosis. Now, initially, we will go to a general practitioner, and that practitioner then will typically refer us to a specialist. So when we get to the specialist, the specialist does the same thing. They do probably a physical examination and then ask us a whole bunch of questions about what the symptoms are. The specialist then also formulates the possibility of a diagnosis. Now, what does the medical doctor then have to do? Well, they can't prescribe medicine until they're certain that diagnosis is right, so they have to actually suggest that certain medical tests be administered. So the person then has to be subjected to very specific medical tests that are looking at very specific aspects of the body. For example, is there a tumor in the brain? So there's a scan. Scan costs four or $5,000. And oftentimes for people with Parkinson's, the result comes back, no, it's negative, meaning it's typically normal. In other words, the doctor has to rule out other diagnoses before they can be comfortable with giving a diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. That's how medical uh, tests are run. They're very specific. They don't pick up the presence of all toxic substances because they're not holistic. They're not assessments. They're diagnostic in character. So they're looking for something very specific. For example, they might 
be configured so that they want to know what are the bacteria that are present in the digestive system. So they want a listing of those specific bacteria. And that's all the test actually reveals. The problem that many of these medical tests actually entail is that they use samples of blood. When you look at the issue of heavy metals, for example, heavy metals will pass through the blood system in a matter of two or three or four days or even a week so that the heavy metals then will be deposited in the tissues of the body no longer present in the blood. So the blood test is a great way to see if there's immediate exposure to heavy metals or other toxic substances, but it's not a great test for being able to ascertain the presence of heavy metals in, for example, the tissues of the brain. There's a wonderful uh, radio show interview that I conducted with Dr. Joe Hickey, medical doctor from South Carolina, who basically explained that he would, uh, given the standard suggested test for toxins, he basically would always run those tests for 10 years and never found any toxins for people who had these very serious neurological diseases and who had been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. And finally he stopped and he said, wait a minute, something's wrong here. When you look at the research, it's compelling. The research is compelling in the sense that they find over and over one toxin after another has a compelling impact on wrecking the neurological system. That's, by the way, why the Veterans Administration now provides benefits to veterans, especially from Vietnam, who are exposed to Agent Orange because that research is so compelling. There's no doubt about the fact that if somebody was exposed to Agent Orange, that they ultimately are have a very high likelihood of experiencing neurological symptoms. So Dr. Hickey basically said when he realized the, that it didn't make any sense, he began to do his test differently. And instead of just doing a regular blood test, he had to challenge the body to reveal the toxins. And then finally he said he found toxins that were off the charts in people who were diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. So let me say, if you're out there and listening to this and you're thinking, well, he's saying the toxins are an issue, and uh, I, I think I've had those checked by my doctor and they didn't find anything, I just want to say I would suggest you put that thought on hold. <laughs> I would say, wait a minute. First of all, everybody in a body out there in the world today has toxic exposure. No, nobody escapes that. And people who have neurological challenges are extra exposed. There, 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 there probably is more of these toxic substances and bacterial infections and even electromagnetic pollution that's problematic in their body than for people who don't have these kinds of symptoms. So I just want to say I believe you can be rest assured, given the research, which is very compelling, that toxins are an issue of one form or another. And one of the best things you can do is to set the intention to say, all right, let's stop and let's just put this diagnosis of Parkinson's disease aside and let's begin to work on helping the body release the toxins that are problematic for me. Now, my research has also revealed that many people who are diagnosed with Parkinson's disease have something else. And one of the big culprits winds up being Lyme disease. The symptoms of Lyme disease are exactly the same symptoms of Parkinson's. So many people really need to just recognize that the challenge that they confront is to get that Lyme bacteria out of their body and addressed 
or at least invite their body to mutate that Lyme disease so that it's and bacteria so that it's no longer problematic for the ability of their body to function normally. Toxins are then a key issue, broadly configured. It is essential in my book for anybody who confronts these sorts of issues to begin to figure out approaches and ways to be able to, first of all, detect and assess what might be present in their body that doesn't belong there, and second of all, to engage various kinds of detox protocols. Now, there are a lot of protocols out there. There are a lot of ways to detox the body. Your body is idiosyncratic to you. The detox protocol that may be right for me may not be right for you. So I think it really helps to be able to get with a seasoned practitioner who can really figure out what might be the best detox protocol that you can use. That's why I like working with uh, Dr. Ivy Faber as my doctor because that's exactly what she does. In the most recent assessment that I aired on the radio show just several weeks ago and discussed so that everybody would have some idea of how that particular assessment is actually done, the results showed that I had massive uh, doses of mercury and a few other heavy metals in my body. Dr. Faber explained something I didn't know. She said that brown rice, eating brown rice, is going to give you a huge exposure to mercury and other heavy metals. Well, I love brown rice, and I thought, oh, my God, there it is. So she explained also that the kind of de detox protocols, whether they're homeopathic or herbal, uh, uh, vary in terms of the approach. There are probably five or six major ones and then 10 or 15 other ones that you can actually use. But she was able in the assessment that she used to find the one that actually worked best for my body and my system. So I've been taking that now for, it's now been about three or four weeks, uh, and I've gotten great success. The brown spots on my hands that are evidence of the toxins are just about uh, to disappear. So I'm, 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 I'm delighted and pleased that I'm doing what I recommend other people need to do. I recommend that other people need to get the bad stuff out. And I thought, don't don't be a professor who professors but doesn't do it himself. So I, I'm, I just want everybody out there listening to know that I'm not just professing. I'm I, be, I believe that this is all true, and I'm doing it for myself. That's 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 the extent to which I believe the truth of what I'm telling you. So toxins are the first foundation, uh, and to be able to get them out of your body is going to provide enormous relief. What I want to now do is to uh, basically address uh, some questions uh, that were submitted by uh, James in an email a little bit earlier today. First of all, James asked, uh, TMJ, there are claims that a TMJ device can alleviate many Parkinson's symptoms. I've seen many videos that look very convincing. Do you have any personal knowledge of this? Do you know uh, who will uh, treat TMJ? Well, yes, James, I have a lot of knowledge about this particular modality and, and really all of the other uh, modalities that are natural in character. Uh, 
There's a radio show interview, uh, and I believe the year is 2009, with a woman by the name of Cheryl. Cheryl had uh, two young children, and she really wasn't able to even take care of her children. She was at her wit's end with a, a very serious set of symptoms and a diagnosis of Parkinson's disease, and she landed on the possibility that if she got a TMJ device, maybe her symptoms would get better. And so she pursued that. Uh, it's very costly. Uh, she had to spend, I think she said on the show, about $10,000 to get this device because it has to be adjusted every week or two over a period of about nine months. Now, in the radio show itself uh, that I encourage you, James, to listen to because it's quite fascinating, Cheryl was so enthusiastic. She was describing this as a miracle cure because her symptoms were like night and day. I mean, she could do the laundry, she could cook meals for her children, she could work, but before, uh, she really couldn't do anything. So she was excited and thrilled about what it had done for her. And I'm pretty, pretty sure that the videos you're referring to are probably from websites where they're saying, we're offering this treatment and look at the difference between the person before and after. Now, one of the kinds of things I want to alert everything to is the following. Yeah, you can go on a lot of websites and they'll say, oh, look at the person before. They got the treatment and wow, look at them after. Notice that the video afterward was taken, what, 10 minutes, 30 minutes after the treatment itself. Um, it may be that the video was taken before the treatment started, and for TMJ, then the treatment was taken after nine months. That's also possible. But what about the video of the person two years afterward or three or four years afterward? What does that look like? Are they really getting any long-term benefit? Now, I invited Cheryl, again, she's the one who had the TMJ adjustment and was talking about it as a miracle, to be on the radio show again. And at first she said, oh, I'd be happy to do that. There's a lot I've learned and a lot I'd like to talk about. And then she wrote back, this has been several months ago, and she said, I'm not sure I'm ready to do that yet. I'm not sure what I think exactly. Now, subsequently, uh, she's revealed that she would do it again in a, in a, for sure that it has been incredibly helpful. But no, it has not been a miracle cure. She still has symptoms. She still confronts challenges, and so it hasn't resolved all of her problems. That, in a nutshell, is my experience with any particular therapy out there that proposes it will address or fix any problem associated with neurological challenges. It doesn't exist. There is no natural therapy out there that does it all. The fact is that it requires a combination of approaches and a number of factors are at play. You have to work on all of those factors in order to be able to have long-lasting results. Now, the second issue, and so again, James, I just want to say listen to Cheryl's show. Uh, uh, if you'd like to be able to have a conversation with her, I'll be you know, send an email to me. I'll forward it to her, and uh, she's quite wonderful. She'll answer all of your questions. Uh, she is enthusiastic, but obviously it did not quite do for her everything that she had hoped. Oh, by the way, why does the TMJ device actually work? Um, from a research perspective, I'm guessing that the issue probably is that there's the presence of a tetanus infection or a jaw infection or tonsillitis. Any one of those three can cause a jaw misalignment. And so the uh, misalignment is a symptom. 
And that's what typically is treated in a medical sense. Uh, medical doctors treat symptoms. They do not treat causes. My approach and what excites me is to be able to ask the question, well, wait a minute, okay, the jaw's out of alignment. What's the reason? What's the cause? What's actually going on? There's a reason for it. What is it? And the TMJ treatment doesn't actually address that. So I think it also helps, instead of just to go out and get a particular treatment, to stop and say, well, wait a minute, what is here? Do I have an infection? Is it because I have whiplash? Was I in an accident? Uh, what's really going on? So there are some answers to that. Now, there's also another uh, key question that James asked, and without reading the specifics, uh, what I want to do is just give you a general overview. He's asking about probiotics. And basically, what he's finding is that the patients with Parkinson's diagnosis have less of a very specific type of bacteria in their gut. And then there's additional studies that find that there's a bad bacteria that's present in a lot of people's gut that's creating a lot of problems. And so what's the validity of this? Uh, do I know anything about probiotics? And the answer is, well, yes, I know a lot about probiotics. But let me give you the big picture overview rather than the specifics. Here's what happens in the gut. And, yes, the gut is uh, something that has a profound impact on the ability of us to think clearly. So if you're having difficulty with reasoning, with remembering, with thinking, the problem lies not in the brain. The problem lies in the gut. Now, I think in a big picture sense, probably in a, and I, say, I should say a researcher, remember those of you listening out there, I'm not a medical doctor, so I can't diagnose, but I am a researcher. And so from a research perspective, I think this is what happens. Many people actually do get very serious bacterial infections in their gut. The one that I think probably stacks up to the top is appendicitis. I think a lot of people actually have a chronic appendicitis infection, and the body's able to contain that so that you're not suffering. Uh, I was getting a colon cleanse from my therapist uh, uh, a couple of months ago, and she was putting the water up into my uh, large colon because it's the kind of thing that I like to do in order to be able to help uh, control all the toxins in the body. And the toxins do hang around in the colon. And when she got the water around where the appendix is located, she looked up at me and she asked the question, does that hurt? And I said, well, no, it doesn't. She said, oh, a lot of people, it hurts a lot right there. Well, that's the appendix which means that a lot of people have an infected appendix. Now, that, that infection does not stay in the appendix. That infection spreads. It spreads to the other organs in the body, and oftentimes the spread gets up to the whole digestive system, to the small intestines, as well as to the stomach. Now, here's the other issue that's important to realize. If the cause is, for example, an appendicitis infection, those appendicitis bacteria are going to chase away all of the good bacteria that your digestive system needs to digest food. In other words, the good, the good bacteria scram. It's like when you're a kid and there's a bully in the class and the bully all of a sudden comes around your little group where you're trying to have fun. Everybody scrambles because they're a bully. It's the same idea. The good bacteria do not hang around the gut. They scram. So 
the problem is that if you put, if you say, oh, oh wait a minute, uh, people with Parkinson's need to have a better digestive system, so we need to put some of these good bacteria in. Well, that's fine, and that'll uh, last for a little while, certainly. But if there is an infection, the infection is going to still chase out the bad bacteria. So you're going to continue to put the probiotic good bacteria, and there are four basic fundamental good bacteria that you're going to always need. These are living organisms. You're going to have to, for the rest of your life, continue to put these bacteria in your gut. So I would say, well, wait a minute. That's one option, and you might want to pursue that. But how about another option? And that option that I want to suggest that you consider is stop and ask the question, wait a minute, what's the cause of this? How come my gut doesn't have the bacteria that it really needs to have? I really think that's the way to go is to say, what's the cause? Again, I want to repeat, medical doctors are great at treating symptoms. I'm glad they're out there. A lot of us get to the point where we say, I don't care what's causing this. I just have to end this pain and this discomfort. I can't take this anymore. So I'm glad that we can go to a medical doctor and they can prescribe a medication and that in many cases we take the medicine and the pain or the discomfort goes away. Now, the challenge with that choice and that decision is that oftentimes if the cause is not addressed, we've got to continue to take the medication. So I think it's also smart to say, wait a minute, let's consider the possibility that there's a reason why this discomfort, this pain, this problem exists. What is it? What is the reason why I have this discomfort? So that answers uh, uh, or addresses, I have to say, James, uh, you were asking for a lot of detail in terms of the probiotics, which ones are best, et cetera, et cetera. And my answer is, yeah, there are answers to that. There are probiotics that the digestive system needs. But I think the first step that's the step that I would recommend is, again, to be repetitive, stop back and say, well, why doesn't the gut have the bacteria that it needs? It probably means that there is a chronic infection, maybe tonsillitis, maybe appendicitis, maybe God knows what, and it means that the body needs to be brought back online so that that infection can be addressed. Now, there are many, many, many different answers to how you wind up doing this. There are homeopathic treatments that can be quite wonderful um, that, that I've used with with great, great success. Uh, there are other kinds of approaches that can also be considered that will address these kinds of infections as well. A lot of people with Parkinson's uh, are pursuing a treatment that's called LDN, low-dose naltraxone. And the reason why that's helping some people and with Parkinson's symptoms and some people a great deal is that low-dose naltraxone basically tricks the body's immune system into basically coming back online, becoming functional again. Once the immune system is functional, those bacteria, those problematic bacteria can be resolved. They're exited from the body or the body manage it so that they're, they're no longer a problem. And the good probiotic uh, bacteria that the digestive system needs all of a sudden can live in your digestive system. You can digest the food that you eat and whatever supplements you might be taking, and the clarity of your thought forms all of a sudden improves. So it's all very much uh, wonderful magic. Now, if you want to pursue the issue of LDN, uh, go to the radio show page. You'll see several radio shows that I've interviewed with Lexi, who's kind of the proponent of LDN. Lexi also has a video that we took at the Santa Fe Summit in uh, 
2013, a wonderful description of LDN, how it works, how it has helped her reverse her own symptoms. So she's got incredible detail, and she's a a national resource for people who are interested in exploring that as a possibility. It's a prescription medication, so you have to consult with your doctor and see if your doctor will agree that it might be useful for, for you with the diagnosis that you actually have. So that's an option that many people are pursuing. It is a prescription medication, and it does have side effects. So you have to realize that you are taking on a bit of an extra challenge to your liver. I do know that some medical doctors will just refuse to prescribe LDN to people with Parkinson's because they feel like it's too, it creates too many demands on the liver. Other medical doctors feel like because it's such a low dose, it's not going to create that much of a problem. So many medical doctors have different opinions. Uh, but you do have to get a prescription either from a, a naturopath doctor or a medical doctor in order to be able to explore that. But remember the reason. The reason is you're boosting up your immune system, and when your immune system gets boosted, then your body's able to better address all these toxic substances that are present. So that's one option that's been useful for many people. Now, I've discussed the one foundation. There are three other foundations as well. And I want to make sure that I have a short opportunity during this program to preview each of these so that you get a sense of what's really involved. To be clear, it is possible that you can treat symptoms. There's no doubt about it. And a lot of the work that I've done over the last 10 years is to identify therapies that are helping people reverse their symptoms. That's been a primary thrust of my work. So the idea has been once we know what the causes are, we can identify therapies that can actually help reverse the symptoms. That's why I wound up writing Road to Recovery from Parkinson's because it details everything that I've discovered over the years. So there are many different wonderful therapies. Many of them do treat symptoms. They do not actually get at the core causal influences that create these problems to begin with. So for people that are interested in literally reversing their symptoms in the sense that they're symptom-free, there's a lot that needs to happen at the core of the body in order to see that happen. So anything that you say out there, I want everybody to know that says, well, we've got a quick fix for you. It's stem cell therapy or it's this or it's that. Well, it may be in the short run a fix that is quite welcome. It does help you be able to function. It does help you to feel better in the short run. But in the long run, you're treating symptoms. You are not addressing causes. So if you're serious about the mandate to yourself, the intention to get well totally and completely, then what has to happen is you have to begin to address these other causal influences that lie a little bit deeper and outside the realm of the purely physical. So what's the second foundation? Well, the second foundation winds up being addressing the issue of trauma and stress. It's huge, folks. I've talked to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who have a diagnosis of Parkinson's disease over the last 10 years, and no one has ever answered my question, well, is stress an issue for you? With the answer, no. Everyone says, yes, it's a huge issue. And when we begin to explore, if they want to explore this question, well, what about trauma in your life? 
has there ever been any significant evidence or experience with trauma? The answer is always, oh, my God, I can't begin to tell you the traumas that I've experienced. So trauma is huge, and it creates that kind of anxiety and stress and tension that aggravates the neurological system. And so if if you really are serious about getting well, you really do have to set the intention to most of all and most importantly acknowledge the reality that trauma is an issue for you personally. You have to just stop and say, look, this has been big in my life. Now, let me say that this was a great challenge for me when I started my own healing journey about 14 years ago. Now, I don't have neurological uh, symptoms. I don't have a diagnosis of Parkinson's disease, but I certainly have experienced symptoms that were problematic over the course of uh, my lifetime. So when I started my own healing journey, I began to realize that, that healing trauma was something that I needed to begin to focus on. But I have to tell you that it took me a long time to get there. My reaction was to say, well, wait a minute, most of the trauma in my life, if not all of it, occurred in my childhood when I was really young. And I'm an adult now. Uh, I can function. I have a job. And at the time when I was thinking this through, I was a full tenured professor. I had a great a professor at the university. I had a great job. Uh, I only taught graduate students. I mean, you know, what's the problem here? I've, I've dealt with the trauma in my life. I can function. Uh, I'm good to go. Well, the reality is that the trauma in my life had been embedded at the cellular level, and I just, I was in total denial. I refused to admit the severity of the trauma that I had experienced as a child. I forgot it. I denied it. I, I wished it aside. And so what I realized when I began my own healing journey, and that really was triggered when my first wife died unexpectedly, which, which was a horrible experience for me personally. I literally fell apart, told the university, I'm not coming back to teach right now. You can fire me if you want. I just can't do it. And, and thankfully, they were quite wonderful. They just gave me a sabbatical. The reality was, though, I fell apart, and I launched this journey, and I began to realize that, Part of my challenge with being able to heal was to address the issues of trauma that I had actually experienced in my life. Now, at this Jumpstart program that I am going to describe to you here at the end of the session, um, I do have many, many resources uh, that we make available to folks who want to participate in that uh, to, to help. Uh, release the trauma. There's no one one great way or perfect way to do that. There are many, many, many different options out there that you can explore that make a huge difference. But I want to say to all of you who are listening to my program today that there's one important step that gets you about 75% through being able to release the trauma. And that one important step is really simple. The step is to acknowledge that trauma has been big in your life. Just acknowledge it, that it's big. We, we want to discount the severity of the experiences that we've had. For some of you who are listening, I'm guessing that you might have been a cesarean section birth. I'm telling you right now, 
you had significant trauma at the very instant that you entered into this world. And as children, it's a little hard to avoid trauma, trauma that's physical in nature, accidents, uh, either as children or as adults. And then as adults, we have trauma after trauma that we confront at the workplace with bosses that are deceitful and manipulative. We have trauma that's off the charts if we happen to be people who entered into wartime if you had any association with war, even at a distance, then I can guarantee you that trauma is embedded at the cellular level. So the key is you have to release all of that. It's, it's an energetic barrier to being able to get well. It's creating tension. It's creating a sense of anxiety in your physical body. And your body is not going to be able to heal. It's not going to be able to get rid of the toxins until you can release the trauma. Many people believe that the two issues are separate issues. That is, they believe, they have the belief that, well, I need to just focus on, on the toxins and, and trauma is just uh, something that I can deal with a little bit later. Here's the surprise for all of you. The surprise is that the two are inextricably entwined. The trauma holds the toxins in the body. Why is that? Well, the toxins have very, very low frequencies. And so the body is saying, my God, this person is upset. They're anxious. They're, they're always in fear. They're uh, concerned when they drive they're going to be in an accident. They're concerned about their children. They're worried about their family. They're worried about what this uh, disease is going to do to them in the long run. Are they going to be in a nursing home? In other words, they're worried all the time. What the body does is the body is very clever. I can't, I can't begin to tell you how, how, what a miracle our physical body is. The body says, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hmm, sounds like there's just lots of anxiety, tension, trauma, worry in this person. So we're going to let these toxins hang around in the body because the toxins have a low frequency and literally they keep us at least in our physical body or at least part of the time anyway. So the two are entwined. You can't get rid of the toxins until you get rid of the trauma. Now, there's another little clue that I want to give to you as to the link that most people are unaware of. If you think of the issue of the bacterial infection of Lyme, L-Y-M-E, that, that some of you listening have Lyme disease, and so it's an issue for you. The Lyme disease has a consciousness to it. It's actually a, a, a consciousness, and that consciousness can be directly related to trauma. Now, some researchers have argued that the consciousness of Lyme winds up being abuse. If you are the victim of abuse of any kind, then it may be that you are holding the infection of Lyme in your body. In other words, the consciousness of that is a part of what you're holding in your physical body. So until you address the issue of that as a trauma, that is the abuse, the Lyme disease will not leave your body. So you both, you basically have to address both the toxins, and the trauma. Well, that's the second foundation. There's obviously a lot of specifics, a lot of detail in terms of the kinds of things you can do to release trauma. I have to say, and I, this is going to sound a bit like I'm boasting, but I think I've done just about every possible therapy that a person can do to get rid of trauma. I mean, I was willing to try and do absolutely anything. 
Some of them were pretty far out there that gave a little bit of result, but not much. Nothing really hurt. And some of the therapies and the treatments and the programs that I engaged in have been extremely helpful. So I've been all over the place. I know a lot about the different kinds of things that people can do because I've had personal experience. Now let me go to the, the next foundation of recovery that I see. And again, we're talking about healing from the inside out. I'm not discussing healing symptoms. That's what you need to go to a medical doctor for. That's what they're good at, treating symptoms. We're talking here about stopping to say, wait a minute, let's get at the core of actually what's happening. So what's the third foundation that needs to be addressed that's creating and aggravating these particular problems for you. That foundation winds up being thoughts. What we think is everything. What we think is going to manifest what it is that we do in our life. A lot of people think that nuclear plants have a lot of power. Let me tell you, thought forms are Far, 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 far more powerful than any power a nuclear plant can produce. Once we think something, the thoughts will manifest the result. So our thought forms oftentimes can help us manifest, and they can oftentimes, quite frankly, do in our best intentions to recover from a disease or a condition like Parkinson's. So, if you think about what thoughts you might be having moment to moment, day to day, about your own present condition, my guess is that you have a lot of qualifiers about the prospects for your ability to reverse your symptoms. In literally the language that you use when you talk to yourself, instead of being clear that you set the intention to address the causes for your symptoms, you're hesitant because so many people have told you, some of them in white coats, that that this particular problem is degenerative. Well, I'm the one person in the universe that's telling you that's blatantly false. The body can heal itself. The body is a miracle. The body can do it. And part of the issue is when we keep thinking we've got to go to external kinds of interventions to fix the body, what we're telling the body is, you stupid jerk, you don't know what you're doing, so I'm going to fire you and find some people who know what they're doing. How about we'll get a Ph.D.? And a Ph.D., they're a big fancy researcher, and they can fix my problem for me, and we'll go to a medical doctor or somebody else, uh, some kind of practitioner that has a magic formula. Well, I'm here to tell you, folks, that it took me four and a half years to get a Ph.D. I was a professor for 20 years. Yes, I know a lot about research, but I have no answers for you about what you can do for yourself to actually clarify your fields, to address your trauma, and to address your toxins that are what you need to do. I know what the options are. Those are the kinds of choices that you need to confront and you need to make for yourself. Now, if we go to the issue of thoughts, here's what a lot of people say. I'll say, so what are your prospects for recovery, do you think? And a person will say the following. And again, I'm just summarizing hundreds and hundreds of conversations with per, with people. The, the person will say, well, boy, uh, I've pursued several very promising uh, therapies, and I'm just hoping it won't get worse. Hello? <laughs> Wait a minute. It won't get worse? Is that the best 
that you're setting as an expectation? You, you don't want it. Well, why don't you want to reverse the symptom? Is the question that I ask, and they'll stop and they'll say, "Oh, well, is that possible?" And the answer is, "Well, yes, of course it's possible." You have to set the intention, and you have to be willing to address the fundamental root causes. Again, we're talking about trauma here, and we're also talking about thoughts. Let me give you another word that's a dynamite word that people think is what they can use to jumpstart their recovery. What they'll say is, well, I'm hoping to recover. And again, I say to you, hello, hoping. Hoping means, well, that you know what, there's just a little bit of a chance that this is going to happen, but I'm going to still hold out this tiny little bit of hope that I'll be able to feel better. Hello, why are you using the word hope? Why aren't you just saying, I am recovering as of today? That's my intention. It is happening now. Now, that's a clear, firm, assertive statement. That will basically put a fire under any program of recovery. So thoughts are can do us in, and thoughts can help us manifest our the dreams of our life. Thoughts are everything. So that's why I wrote when I actually first started doing this work with Parkinson's after about two or three years, I wrote Five Steps to Recovery, which is all about beliefs. And more recently, I've detailed out language of recovery. Now, I did the language of recovery book for the following reason. I noticed that despite my knowledge that beliefs were paramount in our ability to heal disease, I knew that if a person knew in their heart, mind, and soul that their body could heal, that they would heal. I knew that was true. But I also noticed in the language that I used that I oftentimes would use qualifiers. You know, I'd say something, but I wouldn't be clear or definitive. In other words, my thoughts were hesitant about, for example, any project that I might undertake. For example, uh, I might decide to uh, – uh, oh, I did decide, right. I did. I decided to do the Jumpstart program. We have people enrolling. enrolling. They're going to be a maximum of 10 students. Okay, when I start to think about that program, one of the thoughts that I had uh, several months ago is, well, I wonder if anybody will sign up. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> That's a hesitant thought. That's not doing me or you any good whatsoever. So what I decided to do is write a book where we identify all the words that we use that qualify our clear intentions. In other words, the words that do us in, quite frankly. And again, that's that's one of those kinds of materials, those books that we'll work with in Jumpstart to Recovery. I found writing that book to be very helpful to me. I was unaware of all the words that I used in my life that basically qualified my life force. So thoughts are everything. And if you begin to listen to yourself talk about your current situation, my guess is that you're going to slip into your discussion here and there qualifying words, words of hesitation, words that really do think that deep inside you believe the condition is degenerative and is irreversible or is progressive. What horrible words. They traumatize in themselves those words. So the reality is that our thoughts and the way we describe our thoughts are a huge part of what will help us recovery. As long as we don't think we can heal, we won't heal. As long as we know in our heart, mind, and soul we will heal, we do heal. There's no doubt about it. So thoughts are everything. 
Now, those are three of the foundations. I see we're just about out of time. I want to just refer to the last foundation that is quite fascinating. The last reason why people find it difficult to reverse their, their symptoms is because of entanglements in their family systems. Entanglements. Now, I don't have enough time to describe that, but it's huge. A lot of people take on the pain or the suffering or a disease of a family member out of, lo out of love. It could be a father, could be a mother, could be a grandmother, could be a grandfather, could be an uncle or an aunt, could be a sibling. And so the process is that as adults, uh, our father or our mother who we might be taking on that pain and suffering from, they may be already dead, but it doesn't matter. We're still taking on their suffering. So in terms of family entanglements, it's oftentimes the case that despite the fact a person has addressed the issue of toxins, despite the fact that they've healed their trauma, despite the fact that they've clarified their thought forms, they're still finding that they've got symptoms that are problematic. The final foundation that may be problematic is the problem of family entanglements. Uh, I had the marvelous opportunity to work for a year in San Francisco working at the Borken Institute uh, and also with Bert Hellinger, who is one of the people from Germany who created the whole idea of family systems or what's called family constellations and uh, have run, oh, at least a 100 or so constellations for people over the past uh, 15 years. It's, it's, it's fascinating work. And, and the exciting part of it is what really happens is that the person simply acknowledges that that is what it is, and then it's released. The entanglement is released, so it no longer has a hold over you. So there are four foundations that, in my view, if you're interested in healing from the inside out, if you really want to have a lifestyle that's not troubled by these neurological challenges and other challenges as well. So some of your symptoms are probably not neurological in origin, like, for example, the possibility of a stomach virus or bacterial infections in your body. Uh, the reality is that if you set the intention to address the issues of toxins, trauma, thoughts, and then finally family entanglements, it's a journey. But over time, I think you will be excited to discover that you'll be able to reverse uh, the symptoms that you're currently experiencing. It may, may not be a smooth ride, don't get me wrong, but I think that's the character of healing that really is at the core, that will make the difference in helping you to really heal. Now, what I've done is realize that all of this is overwhelming for many people. There's just too much. And so what I've decided to do is to create this new program, which is basically uh, created long distance. So you don't have to come to Chicago or New York or Seattle to be able to participate. We do it over the Internet through this, for instance, what we're doing right now through telephone discussions and, and video interfaces. And I, the, basically what happens is we'll launch our Jumpstart to Recovery program, the 2015 program, January the 6th at 10 a.m. And everybody who participates will connect in. And as a group, we will launch our journey. The key for me is, and I'll be sending out for everybody who has enrolled, a questionnaire to find out what's most important to you. What do you want to focus on during the program? 
We'll then meet for five weeks at the same time on Tuesday mornings every week in January and the first week of February. As a part of this particular program, uh, I've got a mountain of other, I guess you would call them bonuses, but these are all downloads of products that I created over the years. I've got all 19 videos of the Parkinson's Recovery Summit that you will receive a link to. So you'll be able to see these incredible videos of presenters like Randy Eady and Kevin Lockett who talk about restorative earthing and movement. And then in terms of digestive systems and how to heal that, there's a wonderful presentation about nutritional balancing, you know, how to do it naturally rather than with prescription medications. I've got a horde of videos about trauma. Uh, Ming Tong Gu, he's sort of the guru in terms of, of uh, 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 the, 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 the kind of therapies that really help people address uh, therapies. And Bianca Molay, uh, as well. Uh, Holly Hughes, uh, there's a video of her giving a presentation on self-meditation. Suzanne Jonas, who does all the music uh, CDs, uh, she talks about connecting with your inner healer. So these are all videos of presentations that were done at the summit. There's also a video of me doing a release meditation. So it's a way that I have learned to use for myself of how I release my own trauma. So you'll get the template of how to do that for yourself so that you can release all of the trauma that you've been holding on to that is not in your best and highest good. You also get uh, the mindfulness program. It's a whole year program where you get a video of the first of the week, and then four days later you get a, the video. Not a video, I mean it's a, an email that's a challenge, a mindfulness challenge of something to notice and something to do for that week. And then an explanation four days later of the deeper implications of that challenge for people who currently experience Parkinson's symptoms. So that's the mindfulness program. It's Again, it's a whole year program, emails each and every week. I've gotten rave reviews from people about my mindfulness program, so I'm very, very proud of it. I, I also created a lot of print books off of that. Uh, so, so a lot of people have been getting the print books, but this is an email kind of a program. There's also access to the member website over the course of the program, and the Parkinson's Recovery member website, uh, we, we typically sign up people for three months, and so you get an opportunity to see everything that is necessary to be able to reverse symptoms. So I've got about 12 different websites on there. I've got meditations. I've got daily meditations. I've got jokes. I've got all sorts of the radio show archives. Uh, we've got interviews with people who talk about what it is that they did to recover. We've got uh, food, nutritional kind of suggestions. We've got mind exercises, neurological challenges. I've created and invented all kinds of exciting things, and I update it every day. So you get access to the member website as a part of being uh, in the Jumpstart to Recovery program. A big part of what we'll start with is symptom tracker. So you'll be able to uh, create a baseline of your symptoms in the very beginning of the program, and by the end, you'll have another assessment and see where you're at, see whether or not you're better, you're worse. Of course, the expectation is you'll be a lot better by the end of the program because you'll be taking these action steps that will make a huge difference to your long-term healing. You'll also get a download of a book that I haven't released yet. It's What is Wrong with Me? It's the one that describes bioenergetic healing. So you'll get a good sense of what that does for people who are interested in getting uh, a good idea of what the causes are of their symptoms. 
Now, also for the thoughts uh, uh, week, where we'll be focusing on thoughts, um, you'll get downloads of the Five Steps to Recovery book, computer downloads of that, and also a download of Language of Recovery. And we'll actually work with the Language of Recovery book uh, during uh, that hour and a half session on that Tuesday because that's so important to be able to help people actually reverse their symptoms. So jumpstart to recovery. Um, I invite everyone to consider being a part of that. I think the reality is that what I just previewed for you today, I realize is overwhelming. It's, it's really a lot to be able to deal with. And so we do this step by step. We provide some uh, very clear guidance to each individual who's a part of the program. We provide the support and resources that are needed for you to be really able to jumpstart your program of recovery in 2015. It's limited to only uh, 10 people. <laughs> so, you know, space is limited. Uh, this is the 2015 program. Uh, the, the little cost that I put on the program is a total of $300, and that includes the $400 of bonuses. So it's the deal of a lifetime. Uh, sign up. I'd love uh, to be able to connect with you, as would others in the uh, program, uh, to be able to launch, help launch and facilitate your journey to, to full wholeness and, he and healing. Know that your body really does know how to heal itself. And that's what the program is really all about. It's to be able to cover those areas that need to be addressed in order for genuine healing to occur from the inside out. So Jumpstart to Recovery, there's a link from this radio show page to the Jumpstart to Recovery uh, page where you can learn much more about exactly what we're going to do, what the subjects are. Um, it's going to be very much a, a, a program that's interactive, and every week, uh, we will be giving some very specific suggestions of what you can do that week that will really give yourself a lift in terms of feeling a, a great deal better. You can also give me a call. I'll be delighted to sign you up over the phone as well. The long distance number is 877-526-4646. The email is robert, R-O-B-R-T, at, and you guessed it, parkinsonsrecovery.com. Um, and I just want to say uh, we're putting together everything that uh, we've created over the last 10 years into this program in an organized sense. Uh, people, I think, have been very pleased with all the support and resources that I've generated over the years, the, the many, many, many radio shows that I've aired, the many uh, written books, the blogs, et cetera, et cetera. The challenge of all that is that it's a bit overwhelming. It's a lot to be able to process. It's a lot of information. There's a lot of content. So there's also content on the mental level, but there's also all the other issues. For example, the issues of trauma, how do you heal that? Well, that's not an easy question to address, and everybody's route is going to be different. Everybody's going to solve that in a different way. So in the Jumpstart program, we want to find the solutions that are right for you. This is not a boilerplate kind of an idea. It's that we know what the major issues are, so we're going to guide each person in the program to be able to find the answers that they need to find in order to be able to get a quick start jump on their own return to full health and wellness. So jump start to recovery for 2015. We take what uh, is, is given as payments for the program, and we use those to support all the expenses from Parkinson's recovery, which I must say are are quite quite extensive. We, our radio program itself costs uh, $3,000 a year uh, just to maintain the technology. So 
what you pay, know that it's helping many other people because we're able to continue to support all of the systems that we have created for Parkinson's recovery. So not only do you help yourself, but you help others. I can tell you this. What I know about many people who I've talked with over the years, that there's a hesitancy to take action. There's a doubt about what you should do. You know, what's right? Should I do this or should I not? And so there's a lot of hesitation to take action. Well, with this one, I just want to say, if your instinct tells you you need to do this, do it and do it right now. Just do it. There's only 10 people who can participate in this program, not 20. We're doing it in 2015. So seize the opportunity. Sign up. Uh, you, you even get the benefit of all of these products, even if you don't even sign in on one week. I mean, you, you really can't lose on this. But the purpose that I have for everyone on this new Jumpstart to Report uh, program that I'm, that I'm, it's new. We've, this is the first time we've offered it in this format is to really help 10 people who want to go through the issues of toxins, of trauma, of thoughts, and family entanglements and clear all of those so that they're no longer holding back your recovery. For some people, the big issue is thoughts. For other people, the big issue is toxins. For other people, the big issue is family entanglements. We want to make sure that we cover all the bases for you in Jumpstart to Recovery. So sign up right now. Sign up today. Uh, do not delay before the program is filled. Again, it's only 300 total dollars for all five hour-and-a-half sessions and all the many bonus products as well. It's, it's the deal of a lifetime. So join me in this effort to be able to help yourself really figure out what's holding back your recovery and so we can clarify for you what you need to be able to really heal yourself. It really is healing from the inside out rather than treating symptoms. That's the difference. It's not a question of treating symptoms. It's a question of healing from the inside out. Now, I do have a couple of questions that uh, have just been uh, submitted in here. Let me see if I can look at them and have any idea if I have the answers. One from John, it says, can you take LDN in conjunction with amino acid therapy? Uh, my um, impression from everything I've learned from Lexi is yes, but, of course, with amino acid therapy, you're getting regular checks with your doctor. So be sure to check with your doctor about whether or not that's in any way interfering with the effectiveness of the amino acid therapy. Bill has said, I have used DMSA to chelate heavy metals that are stored in the brain over long periods. It is one of the few that crossed the blood-brain barrier. It was verified by a provocative urinalysis sample before and after tests by Cedars S-I-N-A-I. So a recommendation from Bill uh, from West Hills uh, to consider using DMSA to chelate the heavy metals. Uh, I can say, Bill, that I have had discussions with many people about chelations who uh, got very sick from those chelations because it was demanding too much from the body. So they got much sicker. Uh, from the chelation itself. Sounds like you've got a great doctor who really knows how to do this kind of thing. In my radio show interview with Dr. Faber, uh, she discussed the issue of chelations, and I, and I, and I mentioned this uh, finding to her because I had so many people tell me this is the same experience. And she said she never does chelations for people because they're too demanding on the body. They're too, uh, they basically 
uh, exhaust all of the primary organs, so much so that the person gets much sicker. So she uses other approaches that I think most of them are homeopathic in nature, and they're a little bit more gentler. As she explains it, homeopathic treatments are drops, and you can reduce the number of drops that you use so that there's a lighter effect on the body. But I am delighted to hear, Bill, that you are a person who's obviously had a positive experience with chelating heavy metals. And for those of you who are listening, know that Bill found that DMSA was the therapy that he found to be particularly useful and particularly helpful. The um, the problem that I've had is also heavy metals uh, in my body, uh, and that's what I discussed in the radio show. And the approach that I liked that Dr. Faber prescribed for me was the homeopathic approach, which has really worked miracles for me. So thanks, Bill and John, both of you, for submitting in your questions to our Sunday Connections program today. I want to thank everybody for connecting in. I see many of you are out there who've connected in. If you have any follow-up questions or concerns, be sure to call in and, and, and let me know. And, and sign up for Jumpstart the Recovery. It's a wonderful opportunity for people to really do a systematic assessment of what you need to do to really feel better and to get well and to reverse the symptoms that you're currently experiencing. I'm Robert Rogers, the founder of Parkinson's Recovery, which is got a mission to be able to provide resources and support to persons who currently experience the symptoms of Parkinson's disease. I want to thank each and every one of you for connecting in today to Parkinson's Recovery Sunday Connections program that we sponsor regularly. Uh, for people to give them support and resources that can help them on their journey to recovery. And that's what's happening on the shores of the Puget Sound, where all the women are smart, all the men are handsome, and all the children are truly loved. Know that by virtue of the fact you are listening to this program today, that you indeed are on the road to recovery. The body really does know how to heal itself. It really is a miracle. I'm Robert Rogers. May your week and may your Christmas be, or Hanukkah, or whatever you celebrate next week, be absolutely fantastic and joyful and stress-free. Good day. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.